Thank you, Miss Lynn. It's a wonderful song. It really was an encouragement to my heart, and I know it was uh, to you as well. Appreciate everybody that uh, gets involved in singing specials and a part of our worship services here. It's a great honor, privilege, and a blessing to others to be able to serve the Lord. 
All right, let's take our Bible this morning and turn to John chapter number 4. John chapter number 4. Very familiar pastor scripture. I'm no doubt, I, don't, I can't remember it. I guess I've preached out of this pastor scripture maybe many times. Uh, but uh, was preaching about uh, uh, good news from a far country last week and uh, spiritual hydration and uh, how we all need uh, to hear some good news from a far country and how we have heard good news from a far country. And this is kind of a spinoff of that uh, message and, uh, and that it's, the Lord gave us some cold water and, uh, last week. And here we've got a woman at the well who needed some spiritual help. And uh, her, her thirst for physical things was then realized that she had a thirst for spiritual things. And uh, let's read through here several verses in this passage of Scripture. Now, I want you all to hang on a second. I got 13 points. I don't plan on preaching them all today, though. But I'm probably going to spend maybe a week or two on this. But uh, the Lord's really blessed my heart in this passage of Scripture. I hope that the Lord will bless your heart from it as well. In verse 1, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees has heard that Jesus had made and baptized more disciples than John. Notice this. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. Now, this is not part of the sermon. There's an organization called Church of Christ. Feel like you can't get to heaven unless you've been baptized in their baptism. Well, if baptism, now I'm, I'm a Baptist, so I think baptism is important. But you don't get to heaven by being baptized. I think if you got to heaven by being baptized, Jesus would have been doing the baptizing. Y'all with me? Uh, baptism is a type of our salvation. It's a picture of what happened when we got saved. But it is not something that you have to do in order to get to heaven. Now, if you've been saved, you ought to get baptized. If you've not been baptized, you ought to get baptized. Uh, and that baptism is a testimony. You're giving your testimony. You're telling everybody that I say amen to what Jesus did on the cross. And on the third day, he rose again. And I've, I'm, a, I'm for what Jesus did there 100%. And I want everybody to know, and that's why you get baptized. Uh, as, a, as a testimony and as an example, it's what Christ did. Christ was baptized, but John, John was a Baptist, so therefore I'm a Baptist. Amen. And that's just the way it is, and it's no more than that. It's no more complicated than that. You don't need to, people don't need to make it more complicated than that. Even Paul said he didn't baptize. He said he baptized Stephanus in the house of Stephanus. Other than that, he didn't baptize anybody. Now, if baptism was essential for salvation, why wouldn't Paul be baptized? It would almost be as though he was denying people an access to heaven. This here would seem to me that Jesus was advocating denying people an access to heaven if baptism was essential for salvation. That's enough said about that. Verse number three, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, uh, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And now Jacob's well was there, and that Jesus, therefore being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. That's about noon in Jewish time. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings, with the Samaritans. 
Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drank thereof himself and his children, his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I should give him shall never thirst. But the water that I should give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship... You know not what, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. The hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Ever did. Is not this the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came unto him. I want to preach on the subject of the well of Israel, the well of Jacob, and the well is deep. The well is deep. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer before we begin our message this morning. Lord, we do thank you for the word of God and how it's a great blessing. Each and every day as I read it, think about it, meditate on it, it always encourages me. Lord, I pray that you'd help me as the things that you've shared with me concerning this great passage of Scripture, familiar Pass your scripture, that speak to each and every heart, direct each and every one of us to draw closer to you. Pray it help us to give us, give us strength in a weary land. Help us, Lord, as we look in your word, dear Spirit of God, that you'd lift our hearts, lift our spirits, give us the strength that we need to carry on through this week and to be a, a light and a, a message to those around us who need the help. And Lord, we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. You notice here it's called the well of Jacob. You know, Abraham had a son whose name was Isaac. Isaac had a son whose name was Jacob. Abraham was the father of a great nation. The reason why the Bible called him father of a great nation because he had Isaac and Isaac had Jacob. Jacob was the one that wrestled with the angel. Remember that? In the middle of the night, and Jacob said to the angel, I'll not let you go until you bless me. Well, he blessed him 20 times over. And, uh, of course, that angel of the Lord was a capital A angel of the Lord that Jacob wrestled with. 
Now, if you study your Bible and you get into, you know, I'm going to be a deeper life preacher here for a minute. Uh, but when that capital A on that angel is mentioned, that goes back to the Hebrew language, which refers to more than just a regular messenger of heaven, but there was something significant, uh, significant about that angel. And a lot of people call that angel uh, a Christophany, which a Christophany is an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Now, a great example of that is when the three Hebrew boys was in the fiery furnace. The king looked in and said, I thought we only put three in. But we see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And that was an appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. Now, uh, there's a lot of cults out there, a lot of religions, that do not believe uh, that Jesus Christ is eternal. Uh, But it's one of the characteristics and qualities of our Lord Jesus Christ is He is eternal. He's always been and always will be. And the very fact that there are appearances of Christ in the Old Testament, uh, lets us know that we worship the Eternal One. The one that was nailed to an old rugged cross 2,000 years ago was not just a good man doing a good thing. It was God Himself nailed to that cross. It was the blood of God Himself that was shed for you. It was the power of God that went up to that cross. That's why Jesus told Pilate, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't be standing where you're standing. So the Almighty Himself arrayed Himself and, and, and mankind in flesh and went to the cross, buried in the tomb, and on the third day rose again. And so when Jacob, uh, this great father figure that is even mentioned here by a Samaritan, so Jacob's well uh, was obviously associated with many other religions other than the Jews. A lot of people look to Jacob's well as a very significant part of history itself. So here's Jesus sitting on this well. This well has been here since the days of Jacob. And, of course, Jacob had the 12 sons. Joseph was one of those sons. You remember Joseph was sent down into Egypt, uh, became a, he was a slave, and then the Lord elevated him, and then he became in charge of all of Egypt. And that was one of the sons of Jacob. And Jacob, when he was wrestling with that angel, said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. And it was there at that point in time where the angel said, your name is not going to be Jacob no more, but now your name is going to be Israel. And so Jacob had the 12 sons. It became the 12 nations of Israel. And those are carried out not only from the times of Jacob, but it's carried all the way in the times of the book of Revelation, where I believe it is uh, on, on, the, on the walls. Uh, the, the 12 nations will be up on the walls, and the 12 disciples are going to be up there, and there's 12 figures. Uh, the double 12 figures, the disciples and the nations, will both be displayed and arrayed. Up in heaven. So, this is a very significant passage of scripture, and Jacob is a very significant person uh, in in history. And so, here's Jacob, who is Israel, and we could call this the well of Israel. It's the well of Jacob. Now, you know, did a little Googling. You know, we live in this day and time that you don't always have to have a book. I got books on it, but, uh, you know, Google Jacob's well. And, you know, it's very interesting. First of all, that well was dug out through a rock. Think about that. You know what Paul said about the rock? That rock was Christ. There's some spiritual significances when you get into this well. Now, this well was dug over 4,000 years ago. And this lady here said the well is deep. She didn't tell a lie. All the people that studied this well said at one time it had to be at least 250 feet deep. Now, a lot of times when we say, well, that's a 250-foot deep well, you know, we got to drop the bucket down 250 feet till we get water. 
Now, this well was 250 feet of water. I mean, it was, a, it was an overflowing well, very deep well. It's not going to run out no time soon. Hey, and the love of Jesus Christ is not going to run out no time soon. This, this well was hewn out of a rock. That rock was the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, they estimate today this well is still over 125 feet deep. Well, it's a beautiful sight. You start looking at it, and you can see the, the marks of, no doubt, the picks and axes and shovels. I don't know how they dug through that stone, but they dug through. You can still see the marks where old Jacob and his people dug that well through the, for, uh, through the, through the, through the limestone and dug that well deep. And there's no doubt, I mean, uh, you, you get to thinking, how did Jacob know the precise spot? Where to dig? Do you have a divining rod? I don't think so. <laughs> different people have different ways of finding that water. But no doubt, when, when Jacob wrestled with that angel that, uh, that night, the Lord told him and, and, and mentioned to him and let him know and was very aware of where exactly to put that well. Jacob's well, something is still there today. Matter of fact, you got the money, want to hop in a plane, go on over there, you can go there. There's people swimming that well today. There's people go down to that well and get baptized. There's people that like to just go down there and drink from that well. Hey, it's still there today. You know, that ought to excite every Christian. Something that was pinned uh, down historically 4,000 years ago, Jacob's well, that still many people have identified with that well. Many churches, I think they said over 12 to 13 churches have been built, built right outside of that well, trying to have some kind of a spiritual equality with, with that well and what it represented. And different people came in and destroyed a church. An earthquake destroyed one church one time. There's even a church there right now. I think it's a Greek Orthodox church right there at the well. And so this well has been around for some time. Jacob's well, the well of Israel, uh, is deep. And when, when Jacob uh, dug this well, it was a journey of a lifetime that he embarked. And he, we're, we're still even talking about this well today. 2,000 years ago, Jesus sat on this very well and told the story of how a lot of people need uh, to quench their thirst. But he said he's got something else that's much greater than that, and that's a spiritual, a spiritual remedy a spiritual water. And he said, I am that living water. And so uh, here Jesus, and notice in our passage of Scripture, the Bible says as Jesus uh, was, was walking there, he was, he was wearied with his journey. Y'all ever been weary with your journey? We're all on a journey. We all got a journey. We, the Lord's put us on a journey. Hey, but I will tell you this, we're on the right journey. <laughs> you just keep that in mind. We're on the right journey. Don't you forget about that. But notice at the well, there's a longing. There's a longing at this well. Jesus said he must needs go through Samaria. Well, Samaritans wasn't totally Jews. You know, the Jews were very... I talked about this a little bit last week about how meticulous they were about keeping records, and making sure their genealogy was, was a pure genealogy. And it was, a, you know, the, the tribe of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah and all these... Twelve different nations that Jacob, his, his sons, that they started, they wanted to keep the direct line to Benjamin or, or Judah or Manasseh or Ephraim. They could, they could brag about, well, I have a direct line to Ephraim. That line has not uh, been skewed or arrayed with anything else. We can, tr- we can track our line to Ephraim. Or we can, Paul even said, you remember what nation that he could dr- track his line to? Anybody know that? Benjamin, he said, I'm of, I'm of a direct line. When he was talking to the Jews, he said, I'm more of a Jew than anybody here. He said, I can track my line all the way directly to Benjamin. He said, I'm it. I am the Pharisee of all Pharisees. 
Can't nobody brag about the things that I've got to brag about. And then he went and preached the gospel to them. And so that was, that was very significant. It was very important to Jewish people to be able to trace their line directly back uh, to Israel and, the, and, and Jacob and to being a part of one of those sons. It was very important. So Samaritans, they couldn't brag on that. They may have had a partial. Well, I had a cousin maybe that was of Benjamin, but they wasn't, <laughs> you know, they wasn't total. And so that's why there was no dealings with them. They didn't want uh, their direct line to be skewed. They didn't want their direct line to be, uh, I guess you might say, for lack of a better word, messed up with some other different kind of, of, of nationality. They wanted their, their line to be pure, and they wanted their line to be very obvious of who they because they felt that was part of their religion. It was religious purposes uh, that they wanted to do this. And so this woman was a Samaritan. People didn't go over to Samaria because that's where, lack of a better word there again, get kind of racial half-breeds. <laughs> you know, these people want to talk about racism today, but it's been going on a long time. This ain't nothing new. I mean, they, these people were called dogs. I think even the Lord called them dogs one time. I don't think he was being ugly. I think he was just saying, you know, that's what everybody calls your type of people is dogs. And, uh, you know, that this, if you want to call it racism, you know, you could just call it the facts. I mean, that's just the way it is. You're not a pure Jew. You've got some other dealings, and we've got our reasons. And so there's no dealings. We have no dealings with each other. But you know what? There was a longing at this well. At this well, there was a desire on the part of our Lord Jesus Christ for everybody to know the Lord Jesus Christ. There was a desire in the heart of our Lord that everybody... Now, see, he's... He's kind of jumping, if you will, uh, the, the, the economy of going to the Jews first and then the Gentiles later. You know, the Lord said, I'm going to come to my own first. We're going to get to the Gentiles later, which they did. Peter opened the door to the Gentiles. Paul later, later said he was the apostle to the Gentiles. But Peter was the first one to preach to the Gentiles. And, but, but here, our Lord kind of got ahead of himself a little bit. Instead of just going to the Jews, here he's speaking to a Samaritan woman. There's a lot of lessons going to be learned here. Uh, he's teaching the disciples that everybody matters. You know, that's going to be a lesson to be learned. Everybody matters because he said, I must needs go through to Samaria. No matter who you are, where you're from, Jesus wants you to be a part of this well. I'm here to tell you this morning, this well is deep. <laughs> it's deeper than you ever imagined. It's been standing around for 4,000 years. I believe if no other reason, God's allowed this well to be here for 4,000 years for all these bunch of pinheaded evolutionists to have to look at every day and scratch their head and try to figure out something that's been in the Bible for 4,000 years is still there today. It's still deep. And people still go on there taking pictures of it. Praise God. Amen, right there. That's where you say amen, right there. Hey, I'm talking about this well is deep. It's easily recognized, and everybody can go and be a part of it. But I think Jesus had in his heart, I got to tell it. <laughs> you know, every Christian needs to have that in their heart. I got to tell it. I can't, I can't hold back. No matter who they are, <clears throat> where they're from, there's something inside of me. may not necessarily uh, be identical in our culture and our ways and what we do or what we say, but everybody needs to come to this well and take a drink. Everyone needs to come to this place where Jesus sat and said, I must needs go through Samaria. You know what I realized? Jesus knew she would pass by. Jesus knew she'd pass by. Now, I got a sneaky suspicion. When Jacob was digging this well, 
Jesus had in his mind, his heart, one of these days I'm going to sit by this well. And if I sit by this well, there's going to be a little, little lady come by here who's got all kind of problems. <laughs> she's going to come by and she's going to have a cultural difference. She's going to have a very uh, sinful difference. She's going to have all kind of difference. A lot of people don't even want to, have, no doubt in my mind, she might be coming by here at a time where maybe everybody didn't always come. Kind of sneak in and sneak out type of person. And so, but Jesus had a concern. I got to tell it. I got to go by and tell it. You know, our Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. That's his heart. That's his mind. That's his longing. And here at this well, there's a longing at the well. A longing at the well. It needs to be the longing at every church. It needs to be the longing in the heart of every Christian. There's a longing. I got to tell it. I, I must needs tell it. I got to tell the story. I got to tell the good news. I got to tell somebody that there's an answer to the world's problems. It's not a political answer. It's, it's not anything of that day. It's simply the Lord Jesus Christ gives everlasting life. And I'll tell you what, that help anybody. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And there's no doubt in my mind the Lord knew exactly about this woman and she would come by this way. And so he knew she would pass by. There's a longing at this well. But I want you to notice, it's not easy. There was labor. There was labor at this well. Labor at this well. The Bible says, verse number 6, that uh, Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey. Now, if you've ever been tired of the journey, you're in good company. <laughs> Amen. You've ever been wearied with the journey? Well, Jesus was wearied with the journey. He was tired. He was just like anybody else. He'd get tired. Well, he wasn't going to give up. He wasn't going to throw in the towel. But he certainly needed to sit down and take a, a drink of some cold water. And disciples were going to get something to eat. I don't know. Maybe they was going to the grocery store, but they was going somewhere to get something to eat. I don't know if they had to go hunt, go hunting, shoot some deer or rabbit. I don't know. Maybe they was having possum stew. I don't know what they was having, but they was going to get something to eat. And Jesus was sitting there at the well because he was weary. Now, if you've ever been weary, well, Jesus was weary. You're not the only one. You're not the only one that's uh, trying to figure things out sometimes. But here our Lord was wearied with his journey. Colossians 1.29 says, Whereunto I also labor. Labor at the well. Paul said, I labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. There's something working in me. Uh, something's going on in me. There was something going on in Christ. There was labor at this well. Romans 16, 12, Paul says, uh, he, that, thanking the people who labored much in the Lord. It's not always easy being a Christian. Now, somebody says, well, I get saved and everything's going to be easy. Not necessarily. There's labor at this well. There's weariness at this well. You know, pe people need to roll up their sleeves sometimes and realize working for the Lord is not always easy. Sometimes there is some weariness that goes along with it. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, Paul said, Wherefore we labor. We labor. Whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. That's why we keep going. There's, there's some labor at this well. We keep trying. We keep trying to preach the gospel. We keep trying to live a life that glorifies the Lord Jesus Christ. We, we got to labor as, as we see here our Lord Jesus Christ was wearied with the journey. There's labor at this well. You know, Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 says, The harvest truly is plenty, but the laborers are few. Well, there's a lot of people. Maybe claim to be saved, but we've got to have some people roll up their sleeves and get busy for the Lord because Jesus is coming soon. 
And so the labors are few. I think the Lord's looking to work in the hearts of some people. Jesus was wearied with his journey. I think it's a good thing. If you say, I'm getting wearied with my journey, that means you're doing something. Amen. Amen. If you're getting wearied with your journey, you're doing something. Now, don't be wearied with the wrong things, but be wearied with the right things. And so, here the labor at the well, the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. 1 Corinthians 3, 9. For we are laborers together with God. So we, we work together. Disciples work together. They work with the Lord. Great things took place. Great things happened. There was some learning that went on. There was some learning that took place. But nonetheless, I'm here to tell you this morning, this well of Jacob is a deep well. There was some labor at this well. There was some longing at this well. Now let's notice something else here this morning. There was a lady, a lady at this well. Of course, this lady, this woman, now she wasn't the only one that visited this well. She wasn't the only one at this well. The disciples was at this well. Jesus was at this well. There's this woman at this well. You know, different people come to this well for different reasons. Not just to get saved, but you get strength here too. You get strength for your journey here. This lady, now when she's at the well, you know what she found out at this well? She found out she was a sinner. Hey, the Lord didn't pull no punches with her. Lord didn't back off with her. He said, you're a sinner. You need more than just water to drink. You need, you need your heart changed for the Lord Jesus Christ. You need a spiritual drink. You just don't need a physical drink. This is temporary what you're doing here. And you can do this day after day after day. But he said, I've got something to share with you. I've got something to tell you that will last forever. Thank God she's interested in it. I don't know. We live in a day and time. I don't think anybody's interested in that kind of stuff anymore. I don't think anybody's interested in the gospel anymore. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of people interested in the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to do our best to tell it. Well, he kind of let her know she was a sinner. And you know what? Everybody's a sinner. Not just her, but everybody. As it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, something else you see here is her sin was not hidden. She was surprised. She was surprised. Hey, how'd you know that? How'd you know I had five husbands and one I'm with is not mine now? How'd you? I didn't think anybody knew about all that. Yeah, well, you know what? The Lord knows about it. Now you, nobody, nobody else may know about it, but the Lord knows about it. Now you may think you got something hidden somewhere, something going on somewhere nobody knows. The Lord knows about it. You know, that reminds me way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They thought they had something to hide. And the Lord came to talk to them. Adam, Eve, where are y'all at? Any other time he came for a visit, they wasn't hiding, but now all of a sudden they're trying to hide. The Lord knew right where they were. He walked right to where they was at. Why are you hiding? Why? You know, she had something to hide, and I guess... When we realize who the Lord is and what the Lord has said, I guess in a lot of ways we all got something to hide. But you know what? You ain't got to hide it. You give it to the Lord. You can say, here it is. I admit I'm a sinner and I'm guilty and I want you to have it. Nail it to the cross and thank God if you're a sinner, you can be saved. And You know, this is one of the qualifications she met. She had to understand that she was a sinner. Before anybody can ever get born again, before anybody can have a spiritual drink, they got to realize, you know what, I'm lost and I need to be found. I'm blind and I need to be able to see. I'm, I'm lost and I need to be saved. For anybody to be saved, they got to be lost 
And so this sin was not hidden. The Bible says in Mark 4, 22, For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. So this woman, she just out of nowhere, there's Jesus at the well, conversation comes up, said, well, go tell your husband. Why did, you know, I wonder what went through her mind. Why did he bring the, uh, my husband? Out of everything to bring, why do I got to go to, why has he got to go there? <laughs> well, sometimes the Lord does go there. Sometimes the Lord hits you right there where it needs to be hit. And you know what you need to do? You need to talk to the Lord about that and not anybody else. And so, and that's what she was doing. She realized this lady at the well was a sinner. I'll tell you another problem she had. Not only was she a sinner, this lady at the well, there was some separation, the wrong kind of separation going on here. Now, this is what she said. She said, the Jews and the Samaritans have no dealings. We worship here, and you worship in Jerusalem. This is what she'd been taught. This, this is the devil's lie. She doesn't believe the devil's lie. Probably from a child. She ingrained in her mind that you don't go to Jerusalem to worship, you worship right here. This is where we worship. This is where we meet with our God. This is what we do. We don't, we don't worship the God of the Jews. That's what they do. We do something different. Now, that same lie is still being told today. And it's, a, it's an evil separation that I think the devil is using in this day and time. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that are lost. And so it's the devil's lies of religion. And uh, I was talking about the seven churches of Revelation to some friends of mine too long ago. I think it was around the year 300. The devil joined the church. Y'all remember up until the year 300, you know, Satan was persecuting the church, throwing people to lines, martyrs everywhere, people being killed just because they were Christians. Well, in the year 300, Constantinople became the king. And he, quote, unquote, got religion, baptized everybody, and you can look back at history, and that's when Satan joined the church. It wasn't a true church anymore, and everybody thought, well, here we are. The kingdom has been ushered in. We're now entered the millennium, the millennial kingdom, and now this king is now promoting Christianity, and they've quit throwing us lines. Well, it wasn't long that religion started throwing them to lines. Instead of, instead of a government throwing them to lines, it was the, the religion that started throwing them to lines. So the devil's got his lies. The only way you're going to see the lies is to come to this well, because the well is deep. You come to Jesus, and you find out what Jesus said about the situation that's at hand, and you'll find out the truth. This lady was a sinner, and she had an evil separation. She, she had been taught that there's a line that they didn't cross, but the truth of the matter is I, may not, I, I don't have anything in common with the Muslim religion. And I'll be honest with you. If I see somebody come into a place of business where I'm sitting or where I'm at, and I see somebody wearing a towel come in the store, I'm headed for the door. I'm just a little bit nervous. And you say, well, you're racial profiling. You better believe I'm racial profiling. You're not very smart if you don't. It's just the way it is. And, uh, but now, if I can get an opportunity, I'd like to share the gospel with them. You know, I, I hope, pray that maybe something could happen that some of these folks can get saved. I know it's, hard. I know it's, a, it's a slim chance. I've talked to a few down through the years, didn't get anywhere with them. <laughs> They didn't get anywhere with them at all. But I sure would like to see them get saved. That's, 
They're on their way to hell. This woman at the well is on her way to hell. And, and she'd been steeped in the wrong kind of religion. Unless somebody came by her way and told her about the living water, she'd go to hell. Thank, thank the good Lord, this lady at the well, she had some problems. She was a sinner. There was a separation. And, of course, I've already mentioned it, but she was a Samaritan. She had that mixed gender, Jew, Gentile, and their heritage could not be traced. So she wasn't accepted in the Jewish society. But here's Jesus, a Jew, you know. So Jesus, as a Jew, said, you know what, you still need the Lord. You still need the Lord. And so we find here that there was a longing at the well. There was some labor at the well. And uh, there was this lady at the well. And then I'm going to close with this. There was a law. There was the law at the well. Jesus said, hey, the one you're with. You know, he didn't even necessarily have to preach your sermon. He knew. She knew. Got five husbands. The one you're with not your husband. I think just about any religion was against what she was doing. No matter what religion she was involved with, what religion she believed, every religion would have condemned what she was doing. So the law was there at this well. And she was condemned. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. The Bible says in Jude verse one, verse, or chapter 1, verse 4, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. See, this lady at this well had a problem. Not only was she a sinner, but she was condemned. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care what religion you got. I don't care what religion you cling to. Claim. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, you're condemned. He's the only answer. He's the only hope. He is that living water. And so there was some concern. Thank the Lord that this lady had some concern about the law. Now, we live in a day and time, you hear me, you hear me. Well, they don't want to hear the law. They don't want to hear the Bible. They don't want to hear the truth. If they're lost and going to hell, thank God this lady, she had some problems, a lot of problems. Thank God she respected the law. Thank God she respected the truth. Thank God she respected the fact uh, that, you know what, uh, you're right. I, I am a sinner, and I need to be saved. And I, I want to hear more about this well that you're talking about. I want to hear more about this well where I can, I can know the Lord. There was concern in the heart of this woman. That's what you got to have. Not only realize that you're condemned, you got to have some concern. Nicodemus, you know, he came at night to the Lord Jesus Christ. He came at night, but he came because he was concerned. And Jesus is going around the countryside preaching the gospel, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Nicodemus got concerned about the law that was being preached by the hell that was coming without the Lord Jesus Christ. Nicodemus came at night and said, I need, I need to talk to you about this matter of getting born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. I don't care who you are. You're born, you're born once, but you've got to be born twice. You've got to be born again. That's the truth of the matter. You must be born again. Agrippa, Paul was preaching to him. There was some concern. Agrippa said, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. There was concern there. There was condemnation there. And then there was conviction. This woman was convicted. Acts chapter number 2, when Peter preached, the Bible said the congregation was under conviction. Conviction. Well, a lot of people don't like this old-fashioned preaching. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you something. That's where the conviction is at. You start preaching the Bible, now you ain't got... Preach like I do, and I guess I don't rip, roar, and throw my jacket like I used to one day I did. I, but I believe there needs to be some preaching going on. There needs to be some compassion about what's going on 
in this world behind the pulpits today. There needs to be something in the heart of the men of God behind the sacred desk today. Realize that people are lost and on their way to hell. And that's the only way conviction is going to take place in the heart of people is through preaching the Word of God. Exposing the Word of God. This woman had concern and she was condemned and thank the Lord for the conviction that was brought her day, uh, her on that day at the well. The well is deep. The well is deep. It's been around for 4,000 years, still there today. And it's, it's still deep. It's still there. Hey, you can go over there and take a picture of it. You don't believe it? You don't believe what this Bible says is true? You can go over and take a picture of Jacob's well. You don't believe that water's deep? You can go over and get your, they have pictures of scuba divers down there diving in it. So deep, so big, so vast, so wide. It's still there. You can still go take a drink. It's a deep well. And the love of the Lord Jesus Christ and what happened here at this well 2,000 years ago is still available. It's a picture. Not only was it hewn out of the rock and that rock was Christ, but it's living water and the Lord offers that for everybody who needs it. Whether you need to be saved, whether you need to become a Christian, whether you need strength. See, Jesus took part of that water. He didn't need to be saved, but he took part of that water. There was some strength there. The disciples already knew that. They already knew the Lord, but they was there at that well. They was getting, they was around that well, surrounded. Hey, there's more than just salvation at the well. There's strength at this well. It's to keep you going and help you in every aspect of life. Heads bowed and eyes are closed as we talk about the well is deep. The well is deep. The Lord may have spoke to your heart this morning about becoming a Christian, accepting the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart and in your life. You need to do that today before you leave. Trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you can identify with the Lord this morning. You're wearied with the journey. That old well still standing. That old well still there. It's a living water. It's a living well. Got water running in it every day. Fresh water. What a well. Deep well. The well of Jacob. The well of Israel. The well is deep, my dear friends. We thank the Lord for what the Lord's given us in the wells. We all stand and sing. What page, brother? Page number 10. God spoke to your heart today. You'd like to come. You come this morning.